Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, Paul Johnson talks cricket, Dave Farger talks not fast, and Tony Smith talks. But before all that, it's the headlines. This is the renowned Radio Newark Sport. Newark Athletic Club youngster Josh Clee had a good day at Sheffield Institute of Sport, smashing his own PB in the 800 metres. James Brinkat Smith continued his warm up for the bench for the bench press World Championships with a trip to Nottingham for the North Midlands divisional event. Lifting 230 kg, being f- and that is a 5k personal best over his old record. Better than that, though, he was presented with the North Midlands Male Power Lifter of 2018, and James is coming into this studio in a couple of weeks' time. Not fast, Leon Long was in Lisbon for that city's half marathon, completing the course in 2 hours 36.18. Closer to home, Kim Everington-Bates took part in the Leicester Town and Gown at 10k. We'll find out all about that with Dave at 20 past 7. Adam Holland returned from his Cyprus marathon and he won it again. Back-to-back Cyprus championships, crossing the line 2 hours 35 and 3 seconds. It's off to John O'Groats now for our surf dude. He's running all the way to Land's End. Then he's turning round and running all the way back again. Newark Tennis Club ladies suffered a home defeat to Magdala on Sunday, going down 51-57. That puts them in mid-table with two wins and two losses in Division 6 of the County League. And Flowserve now know their opponents in the East Midland Counties League Cup final after Clifton beat Belper by the odd goal in three last night. Cup finals on Saturday, May the 4th at Clipston with a one o'clock kickoff. And it's a brilliant reason why it's a one o'clock kickoff. The first starts at four o'clock and the football's got to be out of the way. Brilliant. Only local football. And one more in local football because it's been confirmed that sin bins are to be introduced all the cross step seven levels next season. Now we find out that it's been introduced in Step 5 and Step 6 as well. The letter from the FA is on the way to the leagues. We found out that one first. Me thinks there's going to be a lot of standing watching football next season. We'll talk about that one, obviously, tomorrow night, Tony Nanga, but uh, I think in the Not Senior League, it's worked well. I think it's good. It's only really for back chat on referees. It's not for bad files or anything like that. It's if you want to go back at a referee and have the final word, he's going to say, "Okay, then go stand there for ten minutes and call down, and then we'll have another chat." That's how it works. And I think you have to be booked for the first one before he does it. But it's to me, it's sensible. It's the way forward. It works in rugby. It works in hockey. Why shouldn't it work in football? Exactly. Too right. I mean, it's, it's a good job Voldemort left uh, Glowfields when he did. You're going to have an awful lot of standing there talking, <laughs> standing watching, not even playing with ten men, but hey I'm sure you've got one or two others that's quite capable of standing there as well. Yeah, but um, I mean, um, it's, it's the biggest bane in football is people talking back to the referee. And uh, as you know, from a Leeds United angle, I've not got a great deal of time for Mr Clough, but what, that's what he said to his players. There's no point shutting it and walk back ten yards. Hmm? Best best thing a football manager has ever said exactly. and maintained. Because they'll never change the mind. Exactly. And, 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 and Blankly full, wrong, they'll never change the mind. Full, full credit to Brian Clough for that. Right, we're all... don't know where we're going to go tonight. There's no follower in that. We've got a super special guest, but there's no follower in that comment. No, um, I, I think I better go now. I think I've peaked. <laughs> well, it's a massive welcome back to um, Bolton's very own cricketing superstar, Paul Johnson. Um, and tonight, we're not really going to talk all night about Paul. Paul's going to give us his thoughts on the forthcoming county cricket season, um, a year of Ashes cricket and World Cup on, on sort of our own turf, and a local scene that sees Balderton and Collingham, both back where they belong in the top division, both going head-to-head, and we can't wait for the sun to shine 
on those two Saturdays. <clears throat> um, but first, before we talk to Paul, Mr. Tony Smith. On what? What you want to talk about? <laughs> you oh, rang me oh, about oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's I basically... do all the odd work. I script it. And what do I get? A Muppet. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I've been here long enough now. You should be expecting what you get. But basically, I was talking to um, a dear friend of ours, Dave Smith, at length. That's the only way he talked to Dave Smith, at length. I, I did pour a cup of tea first. And um, he was telling me that when he retired as the um, Mr. Chips of the Grove School, he had one great desire, and that was to go see the first ball bowled of the county cricket season. And so he went to Fenner's, uh, where Cambridge University were playing against Essex, and uh, he walked to have a look at the wicket, walked on to uh, Fenner's to have a look at the wicket before the game, found out that one of the umpires was Polly, Paul Pollard, and that Chris Scott was the coach for uh, Cambridge University. Uh, Chris, the former uh, Knox wicketkeeper and, and, and brother of uh, Nick Scott, former Newark Rugby Club captain and uh, doing great things in the RFU now, incidentally. And and so, uh, n- needless to say, Smithy walked on, immediately got chatting with everybody and uh, a name was raised in conversation. How's Jono? And um, Dave Smith said, very, very well, thanks, he's, he's doing all right. And uh, Scotty said, good, because he's a legend on the county scene, that bloke. And Dave Smith said he was absolutely thrilled to think that a lad he'd known since he was eight years old would be talked of in such terms by a respected cricketer. So, good evening to a legend. <laughs> well, I mean, we knew that before we started, but good <laughs> evening to a legend. Uh, I've been called many things. We can't talk about that until that, after nine o'clock. That's pushing it a little bit. So people call me a leg end, but um, <laughs> no, it, 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 it is nice. And... And Scotty, um, when we first started um, going to Trantbridge, used to pick me up in his in his farm van because the the family owned a farm out at Thorpe on the Hill um, near Lincoln, and used to pick me up on the way through. And um, I used to ask him whether he could bring his dad's Mercedes rather than what we called the pig wagon because um, it was an absolute stinker. But uh, now Scotty. Um, Scotty's a bit of a legend as well. He's, he, he holds a record, you know, Tony. He's, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's dropped the most expensive catch in first class cricket. Uh, dropped Brian Law on nine. And he turned around and said, Oh, I'll not use the exact words, but oh, oh damn, I bet he goes and gets 100 now and 501 later. Um, it, it was a pretty expensive drop catch. But I lo- love him to bits. He's a, go- he's a great lad, Scotty. I, I would suggest you probably remind him of that every. I, no, I, well, I have done once or twice, and <laughs> I, I'm not doing it anymore. So. Um, so we're sort of ten minutes into the show, and other people are calling you a legend. We all know in, in Newark that you're a legend, but uh, you're not only a legend, but you're now actually a vice president, which is um, wonderful. It was nice. Um, out the blue, um, just before Christmas, I was, I was down in London uh, with my partner, and we, we uh, arranged to see Chris Broad and um, we were just having a, a bite to eat on the South Bank sounds very nice doesn't it <laughs> very nice and um, I'll do the half list. we said, only mix he, with the best Tony he, he, he said to me um, oh I've just got back from uh, from Trampbridge Jono I've um, been at the the committee Christmas dinner so I said oh you know that's typical you know as he is a vice president I said that's typical how many years were you at Trampbridge then I reckon you know he said I was there for nine I said well you're lying it was eight I, I know my stuff and uh <laughs> it, it, he had a laugh about it and i said you know i did 33 years there and absolutely nothing you did eight years and then swan swanned off back to gloucester and they give you one pretty much straight away that's state state of uh county cricket you know you've got to have the three lions there on your chest to to get anything um came back i think i was on about the 22nd of december uh 23rd i got a phone call from the uh, the chairman of Knox saying put you forward for vice presidency. <laughs> so I had to text Brody straight back and I said uh, I'll see you next year. Hopefully I'm sat next to you. So it, it was a it was a nice surprise. There's um, you know I think it, it's it's well known that I, I left the the club under uh, not too good of circumstances five or six years ago. And I think that 
um, if it, it would have probably been um, sort of offered earlier, I, I'd have been a little bit compromised with it. But there's a lot of water under the bridge since then, and it was a um, you know a no-brainer and, and very much a, a massive honour for me. I think it's I th- I, yeah, I, I agree with you. It, there's a good time lapse, and and now it's. Yeah, it's, it's no, a lot, a lot of people on. said it, it. You know, it took took them too long. But yes. you know, at, at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm not um, uh, intending on uh, croaking too soon. So you know, I've got a, a long time ahead of me to enjoy <laughs> it and, um, and 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 be very sort of honoured um, to have it. So uh, no, I was I was you know I, I was very pleased and um, I'm proud to um, to get it. The the Jono cricketing school when I sort of first got involved with this radio station sort of was between Bolton, Covingham and, and Beaver and then it was Welbeck and now we've gone up just more than one rung of the ladder quite a few rungs of the ladder because um, the CV now says Leicestershire Yeah I did um, I did about 40 days for Leicestershire last year um, just on a non-contract basis I got a phone call from Paul Nixon after you know, I, I bumped into him and asked him about um, a job that he used to do that I was offered a part of and um, I think on the back of that he I, I coached Nico as a, a as a schoolboy as well so he did have a connection and you know as we left we, we planned on having a half an hour meeting two hours later we were, we were still there and uh, you know he, he he, he said, you know, it's nice to see that you've still got all that old enthusiasm and, and knowledge and stuff. And, and I think it sort of pricked him, him a little bit when an opportunity came up and he recommended me to the academy director. Uh, they offered me this 40-day non-contract stuff and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And unfortunately, I think that he and, and they enjoyed having me around. Um, and it was... Um, pretty much agreed towards the back end of the season that potentially there was something there on a full-time basis. I didn't hold out too many hopes because I know that Leicester are uh, sort of cash-strapped. Um, but they came up with a deal and um, I was um, um, released a, a few days before by Welbeck. Um, because of a funding issue or two, which didn't go down too well, to be fair. But fortunately, I, I landed on my feet this time, and, and they offered me um, a, a start date of early January um, uh, full-time. So I'm loving it. Um, it's nice being back involved, not only with um, with professionals, but with age, you know high-quality age group sides and um, a very well-run academy. Um, and as much as they are... Um, cash strapped and it's very much chalk and cheese from what I'm used to or what I was used to at Trent Bridge um, you know what they do in terms of hands on coaching with their youngsters and with their academy um, is, is is higher in terms of hours of contact time than what it was at not so you know they're trying to do things well and they've got um, a good infrastructure there I'm dealing and have um, coaches such as Philip Defratis, Trevor Ward uh, Neil Johnson, uh, Jigger Knight, you know, that's with their age group squads and, and academy. So, you know, I'm surrounded by some very good coaches as well. Um, and I have minimal hands-on, really, with first and second team. Um, Paul Nixon's in charge, and then John Sadler um, and Matt Mason are the batting and bowling coaches, and um, Tom Smith, the ex-Lancashire player, is in charge of their twos. Um, so, you know... It, it's a it's a good setup. Um, what they lack a little bit in quality, they make make up for um, in grit and determination. And um, you know, at the minute, as I say, I'm I'm loving it to bits. It's nice being back involved in professional cricket. Is which is that my first subject? Actually, it is county cricket. Um, your thoughts on the future? Has it got a future? And there's pretty much from what you've just said. It's fairly obvious there is almost already a them and us where the, the, the if you like, the Surreys and the, and the Knots, even though the Knots survived by the skin of the teeth in Division 1, but actually what they've got there... But not financially. Not, but not financially. And then you've got your, your Leicesters and, and your Derbyshire and one or two others that's there is a big almost divide. hanging on in there. Big divide now, I think, between um, not only First Division and Second Division, but um, Test Grounds and Non-Test Grounds. Um, and as much as you know, we, we I think most cricket connoisseurs are, are questioning 
the sort of more and more um, plane of, of 2020 and with the new 100 um, being introduced uh, we can say what we want about it whether we like it or don't like it but it, it, it will keep teams such as in my opinion Leicester um, Derbyshire you know uh, North Ants and the, and the teams that are really struggling financially um, afloat because um, there is a, a big cash injection through uh, television rights, etc., to um, to take those um, one day formats. So, um, as much as you know, I enjoy the four day game and the test match cricket probably over the one day stuff. Without that, I think you know it could be um, very very difficult for certain counties to survive. What where do you see? Because I mean, you, last time you, you was with us, you was making predictions, and one slowly but surely, all these predictions are coming true. Um, county cricket in its current format will we see that in 10 years time I think there's a place for it yeah and I, and I think because of the cash injection from one day cricket it will keep that afloat I don't think we'll ever lose a county championship um, as such whether it will be in the same format in terms of two divisions with as many counties I'm, I'm not quite so sure um, I hope so because um, it's got a long tradition um but tradition's just been smashed to bits now uh, regarding pretty much everything with the new franchise for the hundred and stuff coming in um but um you know it it needs to be strong really for for our test match cricket whether test match cricket stays at five days whether it comes back to four days that they're they're muting um whether they stick numbers and names on the back which is uh, has that, come, yeah. up, come up recently which yeah. is hilarious apparently it's happening in the ashes yeah. isn't it for some it's absolutely yeah. hilarious that people are, are getting so hot up and worried about having a name and a number on the back um you know everybody's got a national insurance number and everybody's got a name so you know <laughs> it, you know if it makes it easier to for kids to to get introduced and buy a shirt and, and whatever, then yeah, and so well, be it. It is the marketing, isn't it? Because you know, if, if you've got, I don't know, broad <laughs> eleven or what it is on on the back of your shirt, mm. you're going to sell that shirt more than you're going to sell a shirt that's got no name on there at all. Oh, I'm showing off now, be number eight. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, it, we need to make it viable and we need to make it profitable. Um, and you know, we're lucky in this country that. You know, we sell out most venues for our Test Match Cricket. You know, looking at TV and Test Match Cricket around the world, and it, it's so sad, isn't it, that, yeah. you know, two-thirds, if not more than that, of their grounds are empty. Um, and it has well, the to West be... The was playing to empty grounds until yeah. it, the yeah. final day when it looked like something was going to happen. And then they all flood in. Yeah. But, you know, it's I, I was in uh, St Lucia for the second day of their first game of this season. He's name-dropping again, tell me. <laughs> and um, it's we... on the South we, Bank. We, we doubled the crowd. Yeah. On day two of their first first-class game of the season, the Leewards played, uh, I think it was Guyana, who were champions, and other than us two who were in the ground, there was only two other people watching. How sad's that? You know, we think that we're struggling. You know, over there, it's, it's, it's terrible. So, Coming... Coming up next, Dave Farger with all the Not Fast News and Tony Smith with two more off his St. Patrick's Day list. And then we're going to talk test matches and international cricket with the man that eats on the South Bank, holidays in the West Indies, <laughs> he's a vice president, and more than anything, yeah. a legend. <laughs> it's time for Not Fast News. And it's Not Fast Dave that's going to tell us all about the Not Fast News. Dave, welcome. Hello, Mick. How are you? I'm, you tell me it was a relatively quiet week, but um, I'm sure you're going to find something to tell us. Yeah, I'll try and fill it out a little bit. It was um, was a relatively quiet one. I think most people are gearing up to next weekend. Um, so, just summarise, uh, 30 club members over seven different parklands had some really good personal bests. One, Simon Locke, Sarah Smith, Leanne Saunders, um, Zana Perry celebrated her 50th parkland. And one of our joggers and plodders, Laura Saw, ran a first part one. Um, now, not much in the way of races this weekend. Leon Leon was in Lisbon for the Lisbon Half Marathon. Uh, he completed that in 2 hours 36.18. A bit close to home was Kim Edrington-Bates. She took part in the Leicester Town and Gown 10K. 
completing in 51 minutes and 39, a little bit slower than normal. Um, I think that's due to just a high wind and a really poor weather. Uh, and Peter Lane, he was up in the Lake District on Saturday, and he completed the very wet Carmel 10K in 59.05. And looking at some of the pictures of the Carmel Way, it was it looked like he was running through a lake, in all honesty, Mick. It was a very wet, very muddy one. Called with him last night, um, and he said it was probably the worst conditions he's ever run. Um, so hopefully the weather's going to pick up um, for this weekend, when a few more people are out and about. We've got a picture of Peter um, on our social media pages, and thanks for the um, for letting us use the picture. And it, yes, it looked like he was running for a lake. It was. It looked like he was Jesus running on water. <laughs> you know, apparently that apparently that's classed as fun, but I didn't quite see it. But hey, yeah, fun for some. I prefer a, a nice dry road myself. <laughs> um, last weekend, not a lot. This weekend, an awful lot. I think so. Yeah, yeah. There's. Um quite a few races all across the place this weekend uh we've got the ashby 20 i think which a lot of people are gearing up for this 20 mile road race um and there's a few more close to home as well so hopefully next week's going to be a, a slightly fuller report the the, the the ashby 20 of course is in many people's build up for the london marathon isn't it it is yeah yeah it's a it's a, it's a good test or i say test race it's still 20 mile race um but for those that are gradually building up the mileage to get to the 26 uh, mile London Marathon it's a good it's a good test run um, because it's all good practicing you on your own uh, but doing a, a long race it, it, it adds a bit of adds a bit of something extra to it I know when I um, when I practice um, on my own it's um, it just doesn't have the same effect um, so when you're with people running a race you're really putting that little bit more into it um, so it should be good for everyone and you can tell us all about it next Wednesday I sure will mate thank you very much Dave lovely thank thanks bye 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 all week we are um, trying to whittle down 13 Irish sporting heroes to four Irish sporting heroes and out of the 13 um, we've got rid of the the Kilkenny hurling legend um, we've got rid of Roy Keane, although that was Tony's decision and not mine in case Roy's here. <laughs> um, we've got rid of Paul O'Connell and um, Katie Taylor, which leaves us with Brian O'Driscoll, AP McCoy, George Best, Alex Higgins, Barry McGuigan, Stephen Roach, Mary Peters, Joey Dunlop and Patrick Harrington. It's getting harder for Mr Smith to tell us why he's going to kick two more off that list. It is getting hard because um, I've, I've got my... Top four. Is it's a matter of culling them in uh, respectable order, I think. So uh, we've got to say goodbye to Joey Dunlop, which uh, I will immediately alienate a lot of the every, every motorcyclist out. Yeah, there. So, so, sorry about this that. is why you're doing it and not me. You understand? It, it, it's basically about a name that unifies Ireland. Okay. And sport has got the sole ability to be able to do that. Okay. So we'll get rid of Joey. And also Stephen Roach, because that's cycling and that's just... Basic. And you don't like cycling. I don't, I've got nothing against cycling or drugs, but I don't think they combine in the sport very well. <laughs> just cross the name out and move on. <laughs> so that's um, that's two more. Uh, it's, it is Thursday tomorrow, and we've got to get that down to, to four. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So three more of those names have got to go tomorrow, and you've got to explain why and then we're going to put those four that he's got left out to you over the weekend in social media for your comments and your votes and uh, we'll see on the monday who you think is the irish sporting championship then we're going to do the same with the welsh the scottish and the english even though i've i've tried to look for the scots at the minute and i haven't found more than one <laughs> there's, there's only one of those got an airport named after them isn't there <laughs> exactly you've got it <laughs> you've got it in one and that's where i'm going but hey hey, hey ho um, can, can i just add another to the john o story from my uh dave, dave smith conversation today will it be quick yeah go on then apparently he's not only a legend at cricket he's also uh used to be a hell of a footballer and oh, yeah, okay. um, i think it was dave was telling me there was um an under 14 f- semi-final 
losing 3-0 at half-time. And Dave Smith said, uh, his half-time team spoke in the dressing room was, I'm in a very difficult position here because I am a teacher, but their number eight is very good. And within four minutes, their number eight was no longer playing in the game. And uh, <laughs> Paul was... Uh, Mr Johnson, would you like to comment? <laughs> I was very intuitive. I, I, I could read minds and... I think I knew where he was coming from. <laughs> and they won. I, the, in that same game, um, <laughs> Julian Munton, who was very good centre-half of the school, shinned one into his own net, and the the ball went through a hole in the side netting, went in the goal, through the side netting, and he ran after it, picked the ball up and put it down for a goal kick, and the referee said, play on, in terms of a, a goal kick. How we got away with that? That would have been 4-0. <laughs> And that would have been it. But you know, yes, I did take their number eight out. Who, you know, I, if he's listening, I'm very sorry. Um, however, for me, the, the, the star of the game is Julian Munton for scoring an own goal, picking the ball up, and he, the referee didn't even say no. It's a corner. He, he just said I totally bemused him. It was hilarious. But uh, yeah, that's, a, that's for another day. Brilliant. We've got a big summer of international cricket coming up with a World Cup and, and the Nashi series. And I mean, um, we'll. Talk about the Ashes first, because the first thing is, I've had a quick look tonight, and it doesn't look like the first test starts until about August. Oh, it's a long way away. And we're going to be playing test match cricket in England in the second half of September. Now, there's one hell of a risk. Um, this is a lovely statement. <laughs> David Warner and Steve Smith said it felt as if they had never left Australian squad after they met up with them for the first time since the ball tampering scandal in March. They were not including an Australia squad for the upcoming ODI series against Pakistan, but met the players and the staff in Dubai on Saturday. There was a lot of big hugs and cuddles, Warner said. It's like we didn't really leave. The boys were very accepting of us coming in with open arms. Australia's coach, Justin Langer, described the meeting as like two brothers coming home. Ah, oh, isn't that sweet? Jono. <laughs> I bet the two... Poor so-and-sos who were left out of the squad for those two to come back <laughs> weren't <laughs> hugging and kissing, I know that. You know, you've got, you've got two very good players, haven't you? Two very senior uh, top players. You know, if, if they're not going to lord that and make what they want of it, then uh, they're going to struggle. So, um, you know, you can read into it and take from it what you want. I would have thought that, uh, yeah, that those two would have been incredibly happy. Probably the new coach, because the old one... Um, uh, met the axe probably on the back of what did happen whereas those two um, have been accepted back in um, it'd be interesting if Mr Langer would have been stood down now for Mr Lehman to come back in under the circumstances um, so you know it, 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 it is what it is they've served their time and that's all those two uh, could have done um, and you know obviously that they're going to improve by having two quality players around such as those two. So, um, you know, in some ways I'm quite pleased they are back around for the Test Series uh, in the UK. If it would have come after the, the Ashes Series, I think that would have been sad because I'm quite looking forward to the banter that they're going to receive. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we, England, then, as a Test-playing nation? Because... Everybody expects this to go to the West Indies and have a bit of holiday and win it 3-0 and it's not even really going to be hard work. It's all going to be over inside two days and they're going to be on the beach. It went a bit pear-shaped. Yeah, you know, I think, to be fair, the West Indies held their own over here a year or so ago when they came over and, and surprised a few people. And I, I just think that they're getting a little bit of their mojo back. Um, they're now sort of got one or two, certainly batsmen that, can potentially score them big runs where they were, they were struggling like mad. Uh, we've got a nucleus of, of a, a few good young players coming through again now. Um, and, you know, with their, their bowlers, they seem a little bit more disciplined and professional in what, what they're trying to do. So, um, yes, it did surprise me. Um, I thought England, I didn't think they'd walk all over them, but I, I certainly thought we'd win. Um, and... You know, read into it what you want, complacency, cockiness, um, sort of, you know, but it, I, I still think it comes down to uh, poor preparation, looking at, you know, we went over there and we, we didn't have um, too much practice time, um, 
And is it sold we, down to finance? Because I mean, when we went to Australia, no, I think we played one game before a test. In, in my, in my I younger just think days, the, you, you the were there for three or four way. weeks. Uh, yeah, and, and I think, just think it's the changing way of cricket. I think availability of players probably comes into it a little bit with um, you know all the cricket that's played twelve months of the year throughout the, the whole of the world now, um, and getting people back. And you know, the S and C guys now have a very very big say in terms of workload for players um so whereas before we'd go out there a month before and the bowlers would bowl and the batters would bat um nowadays you know their workloads are very um heavily monitored and um the snc guys don't want them doing too much workload before before games and uh, at times i just think that we're a little bit rusty starting series um except for when we play at home when the conditions uh, are very much in our favour because we, a, we're used to it and we're using our balls and um, you know that that is a, a big advantage. But uh, when we when we t- tend to go away, I think we're, we're quite slow starters because the, of the prep. There is talk, in, in, isn't there? Now, the same make of cricket ball, yeah, universally used the world over. Yeah, I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, you know, I think you know it, it doesn't vary as much, but I think that. I don't think that yeah people probably tweet or ring and say you don't know what you're talking about but I don't think there's a universal football and I don't think there's a universal rugby ball I think wherever you go in the world you probably use a different make of of ball and it's and it's true of cricket you know there's I think there's three uses there's the the kookaburra ball which stays very round um but um after about eight overs it, you struggle to shine it and the seam goes totally there's a very small seam on it there's the sg ball that's used in the subcontinent uh, indian made ball uh, which is a little bit more uh, like a a duke that we use over here um and the duke ball i believe is being tampered with this year or modified should i say not tampered with that's a, <laughs> a, that's a, probably the wrong that's choice of words a bad, bad term it's being modified <laughs> we can't um, edit this in in terms of the the seam um the seam is going to be smaller it's going to be uh, machine stitched down rather than hand stitched so it's not going to be as proud um but um i think in australia they they tried um the the duke recently in um their, their state cricket and they just couldn't control it it was hilarious they were bowling the second and third slip it was uh, very interesting but uh, you know it, you know, it, horses for courses and you know they're talking about trying to do away with the toss like county cricket which I think is uh, is awful I, you know I don't agree with it in county cricket I'd like the toss back and uh, um, and see where we go because it, it's always been in there and you know they toss up at football I know you're on a football pitch and you kick one way and then the other but you know it, if you get turned around at Forest and at Anfield and places like that, so they're not kicking to the cop in the second half, it does give you a bit of an advantage. So, to me, there should be a toss of the coin. I think that's how, to be fair, I not stayed up last year that they uh, they had building work and they played. I think the first four games all away, so they had the choice early season of whether they batted or bowled first, which gave them enormous because they did advantage. Start off well, didn't they? Yes, yeah. um, and that was. Because they, you know, they 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 took the option of, of bowling first in in early April, well March, yeah. <laughs> in March and early April, and uh, you know you, you're never not going to do that, regardless of how straw coloured the pitch looks. There's always going to be moisture at that time of year, and it gave them an enormously uh, big advantage at the start of the season, and they clung in there by their uh, fingernails at, at the back end and stayed up. So, yeah, there's you know things to be said for it, and you know there's bits and pieces that they're always tinkering with. And uh, it's very interesting. Do we need a, a West Indies, a good West Indies on the cricket scene? I think we do, don't we? Well, of course we do. You know, they've got a massive tradition and, uh, you know, it's like saying, do we need a strong Yorkshire? You know, it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's arguable. <laughs> <laughs> but they always say, you know, str- strong Yorkshire, strong England. And, yeah. and, and, and in terms of international cricket, you know, through my... Um, young days of watching cricket you know the West Indies were wonderful weren't they you know it was it was a sight to behold and their supporters were awesome as well and uh, you know we, we said earlier it's just sad that they don't get as much um, support in their test match cricket as what they do in the 2020 and uh, you know I've I had my England A tour in the West Indies and when 
you know i'm not saying we had massive crowds but there was a few came through and the atmosphere is wonderful and their sense of humor and and uh is 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 second to none it's 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 wonderful so i'm pleased to see the west indies sort of on a on a on a far stronger footing now for sure who's going to win australia and england then the i know it's a long way off it's the second half of the season but i i do think well i think we'll we don't win. seem to be settled in the test no i i think we'll win at home um this time round I, I might not be saying that in a year or two's time but i, I still think that um we'll we'll beat them at home if it, if this series was in australia I'd, I'd i'd probably go for them so i think home advantage will have uh, a bit to play in it um but I, you know I, I still think we've got the edge over them and I, I think they're probably in a little bit more disarray than probably what we are when you played limited overs cricket if a side got 260 it was a cracking score mm. uh, you know that was that was as good as it's ever going to get with batsmen like yourself 480 something now and 400 plus is it's not the norm but it's getting it's getting it's getting that way yeah you know if you needed six and over going into the last eight overs you were stuffed um you 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 wouldn't get it um you know you you'd be swinging and missing and you know the field placings and and stuff whereas now with the restrictions as as they are and um with the bats as good as they are now with the boundaries being smaller than they've ever been you know we used to play one day cricket on you know on full extents of boundaries um now you know that you know there's i don't know why they produce a maximum um uh distance for boundaries in one day cricket because everybody predominantly just plays to the minimums so they need to for me um, because the increase the minimum like the- yeah though yeah. it's fours and sixes and all singing all dancing so you know there's reasons behind it um you know the balls now with the white ball rather than the red ball uh, the red ball used to do a lot more so it used to give a lot more help to the bowlers so it used to balance it out a lot more the white ball now after six overs is just there for fodder you know the the bowlers have to be very inventive and very skillful um in terms of being able to bowl slow balls and yorkers because they they really don't get any any swing or lateral movement off the pitch so it is massively in favor of the batsman it's a hiding for nothing for the bowlers yet nottinghamshire's former england seamer harry gurney has just retired from county cricket to concentrate solely on limited over matches hmm I'm assuming, being mercenary, that's where the money is. Well, yeah, but I, you know, I, I also think that Harry is in the, the the time in his career where you know that will elongate uh, things. Um, I think you'll probably see it with bowlers who have had a, a decent county career, sort of get into their sort of early mid thirties and decide that they might be able to go a little bit longer purely by playing the white ball stuff, especially if. Um, as you alluded to, they are involved in franchises all over the world. Well, um, in, in Harry Gurney's situation this year, he's a multiple winner. He's, I think he's played in three and he's won three. So instead of opening another pub, he's got two. Instead of opening a pub, he might be opening a casino next. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he won the Australia Big Bash with uh, the Melbourne Renegade and, and he's now he's set to play in the, in the Indian Premier League. And of course, if you play in the Indian Premier League, then... Yeah, you, you will be able to afford to buy a casino. Yeah, I don't know how it equates, but it was something like seven million five hundred thousand rupees or whatever he went for. Um, but when you get someone lauding you, such as Dan Christian, who over the last two years has won pretty much every twenty twenty competition, coming out and saying this guy's the best death bowler I've ever played with in in twenty twenty cricket, <laughs> uh, you know, it's a it's ching, a ching, it, ching. It, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good medal to have around your neck and yeah. say, come and get me. Um, so and it, and to be fair to Harry, he, he's improved immensely over the last three or four years. I've done a lot of the commentaries um, with Radio Nottingham on the the twenty twenty stuff with Knots, um, and the last three or four years, yeah, he's up there in with the best death bowlers in in one day cricket. As as an aside, is the Radio Nottingham work up to go to one side now? Yeah, unfortunately, um, I think enjoyed that. Yeah, there's 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 certainly bits and pieces that I've had to. Uh, get rid of you know pretty much I'd, I'd do a little bit of work in the winter with i've done a bit for collingham i've done a little bit with with beaver again very little with beaver this more one-to-ones uh this year uh, i still do a little bit of work at trent college um but obviously the new contract with Leicester takes up takes far more of my time so 
so are, are we um the 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 world cup on home soil we are apparently favorites um I, I i think in one day cricket it's you know that, it's, it's, it's the same as the world cup football i think that you've probably got a few sides that on their day can can beat anyone and they'll win and it, I suppose it's the same with the Rugby World Cup. You know, we've seen recently fabulous games of rugby. Um, and going into the World Cup there, you know, it, it, to me it can be one of about six countries that, that could win that. And I, I think it's true of the, the one-day uh, Cricket World Cup. You know, on any set day, um, you know, there's, there's no one who are, um, you know, unbeatable. You know, the, the, everyone will have a glitch and there will be... I would have thought throughout every World Cup, surprises and upsets, and 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 to be sure, I'm I'm, I'm sure that um, you know there will be in this World Cup coming, especially in in England where the ball does do a little bit more. You could have three, four climates in one day in England, whereas other countries, you you know what you're going into. I think for England, you know, the best thing is not for bad weather in terms of of, of it being wet, but in terms of being cold. Uh, would would benefit them, you know. You, you see a lot of them come over here, and you know they, they you know, three or four sweaters on and, <laughs> and bits and pieces. They don't like it. Whereas, you know, we're a bit more hardened. That we we just get on with it. You know, we don't like it either, but we're, we're hardened to it. So, I think that would benefit us if we had a, a bit of a cold snap around uh, around the World Cup time. But I mean, we certainly need a. Um, we we've got the batsman that's capable in one day cricket of taking any attack apart haven't we and if they mm. do click on any given time there's your 400s plus i don't think we've got any problems in one day cricket you know you, you you look at it and we are very very strong you know whether it's 50 overs 2020 it doesn't doesn't matter you know people are moaning and groaning about the odd player here and the odd player there rather than you know a whole clump and uh, it's very exciting what we've got in in terms of the one day cricket i've got you know, and I think you know our leaders in the one day stuff are, are very good, um, but you know the, the only worry for me is in the longer format, um, especially now that you know two of our top class, world class bowlers over the last decade are, are probably not too far away from hanging them up in uh, Anderson and Broad. You know they've probably only got one or two more series left in them, um, which is. Uh, a, a concern on top of everything else that we've got going on. The massive boots to fill, yeah, aren't they? Absolutely. Um, but in terms of one day cricket, you know, we're, we're, we're strong. We're str- as strong as anyone. Yeah. Coming up next, we're going to um, bring it a bit more local because we're going to have a look at Collingham and Boulderton with our cricketing legend. We've looked at the county scene, we've looked at the international scene, and now it's about time we got to where we really belong, and that's on the local scene. And Jono, um, even though he's not really sort of part of it, he's, he's very rarely going where on a Saturday afternoon in the summer and you don't meet up with him somewhere, either at the playing field at Bolton or Dalefield. At some stage of that afternoon, he will be there just having to look what's going off. Um, first of all, Jono, your old club, if you like, highlight of last summer they've got back into that top division where i think and many people think they belong I, I think they did very well in in more than one area really i think they did very well to hold on to a vast majority of the players that they had in their relegation year um my um worry was that uh, it, two or three or four or five might leave the club and and go and play at a higher level um but i suppose it, it shows you know the spirit of the club um that a majority vast majority of those stayed and that you know was pretty pivotal in in you know them going back up um they you know they they played well in what to be fair um is it, is quite a poor league you know i think you you need to Obviously, aspirations are, are to play in the Premier League, which is still not as strong as it was, but it's, it's still, you know, up there in the East Midlands in terms of the quality of, of a Premier League in the East Midlands. And then you you really need to be playing in Bassett Law One or South Knotts One for the quality. Anything below that, having witnessed both with Collingham 
a few years ago um, and with Welbeck uh, over the last couple of years of that level below you know it, it, it's struggling now it, it really is and and to drop below that you really need to bounce straight back up and fortunately for Boulderton they did did that yeah because once you st- it, it's a game like if you like your forest and your leads and once you've gone down it's one hell of a job if you don't get back first time it, it, it's hell of a job to actually get back it all comes down to you know holding on to your, your personnel and your players and um you know they they as i say they did that and um they, they bounced back up i suppose the the big test for them now is to is to maintain it again and, and not slip again um which is easier said than done because you know with with um local cricket sides now there's not the strength in depth uh, they haven't got the quality um that they had a few years ago and they've really got to work hard um with their juniors and make sure that the coaching's in place and and that they are getting uh, a drizzle of good youngsters coming through um because i think if you have a look at local cricket now the average age is getting older and older of of each side you're not getting the youngsters coming through in the in the numbers that that um, you once did the Newark and Sherwood Sports Awards, which happen every December, the um, pinnacle of those sports awards is um, to have your name on the Wall of Honour. And in the 12, 13 years of been doing those sports awards, there's about 15 names on there in the great and the good of Newark sport. And last December, Graham Jackson was added mm-hmm. to it, which um, I've known Graham since I delivered newspapers for him. Um, he is Mr Bolton Cricket Club. Yeah, I think you know he he does a wonderful job. You know, I think it's a wonder Sandra doesn't have to wear a wig because she must <laughs> pull her hair out all the time. That he, I think his his home is down Coronation Street, even though they, they live around the corner. Um, he spends more time there than at home most of the time. And you know, every club needs one. And um, you know, I, I think that you know you, you you look at Newark or you look at um, Ransom and Miles and 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 Collingham and, and where and they've, they've all got pretty much a Graham Jackson but you know the the, the one that Bolderton have got has you know started there as a very young lad and he, he played in the first team and he captained it and you know he's been there you know forever and um, you know I suppose because you sort of grow with them it's, it's, it's my birthday next month and I'll be 54 and I just think that I feel really old. And then I see Graham at the side of me, and I think, "Well, you don't look any older." <laughs> and I, you know, I, I look, I do look back on the, the the photos on the wall at times, and yeah, he does look a bit older. But you know, I I feel that I obviously look a lot. I've aged a lot worse than than he has. And uh, you know, he, he's still sprightly. He doesn't carry any weight. And you'd think that if he stuck his whites on now, he wouldn't be out of place. No, it's... Um, you know, he's, 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 he seems to stay very fit and a bit of a Benjamin Button around the place, really. But you know, I, I think that you know, if a few of the lads listening now, they'll be shaking their head, thinking you don't see him enough anymore. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I still see him. I still nip in and say hello to them and. Uh, um, you know, you know, without him, I think you know they'd struggle to not survive, but they'd struggle to um, meet the demands of yeah. what a, a local club uh, needs. I think Bolderton are a, a little bit lucky in some ways because obviously um, they play on a on a council field, and they are lucky to have a really, really good groundsman there who produces really good pitches on what is a, a, a council, a, a local field. playing field, yeah. and. He does wonderfully well, and I think that you know I'm not taking anything away from Graham, but a lot of the the guys around they're they're, they're go-to people after probably sit on a roller for days on end, and I I I just think Sandra must think you know thank goodness that they've got a groundsman. <laughs> you know, she wouldn't see him at all, but whether she'd be pleased with that or not, I'm not sure. Um, talking <laughs> of a club that have got a groundsman, and he spends every hour's God sends there, and we're going to go to Dalefield for the last five minutes of the show. Um, They've got their overseas star back, Mohammed, um, mm. which was a, an absolute major coup for them. And I, I know they're putting a lot of work into that one. They've lost the opener, Seb Mender. Menshausen. Menshausen. They've lost him. Um, I don't know if there's a replacement in. We'll find out when David Pipes comes in. But um, whereas Bolton are going to be looking to stop in that division, Collingham are going to be looking for a top two or three finish again. Well, they are. Um, I think that. You know they might struggle a little bit. You know, 
uh, again, their average age is getting a little bit older. Um, you know, they, they they look all right. They they don't look any weaker or any stronger. You know, I've done a bit of work with them in the in the winter, um, and again, um, they've got one or two good young players coming through that I, th- I think they'll want to try and I hate the word fast track but try and make sure they give them the best opportunity to come through whether they're quite there yet I'm not sure um, but um, you know Menzhausen has, has, has gone which um, on the advice of whoever I thought you know at least one more season with Collingham um, would have benefited him far more than um trying to establish himself at, at this stage in the uh, in the premier league um you know batting at one two or three for collingham will probably um suit him far greater than batting at probably six or seven or really struggling at the top end in in the premier league but um you know that that sort of stuff happens it happens with all clubs that you know they're better younger players tend to get hived off and and they disappear or they go to university and don't come back but they, you know, it's a little bit the same as as Boulderton. They've got a really good team spirit down there. They run the club very well. Um, it's a very welcoming place to go and watch, and it's you know, it's a very pretty place to go and watch as well. And um, you know, with the two fields that they've got down there and uh, the facilities that are on on offer, you know, they they they. I'm, I'm surprised they don't attract a few more players from the local area, whether it's sort of Lincoln side as, as they are um, but they probably um, over the next year or two um, could do with certainly strengthening as well as I, I suppose most clubs could but uh, they've certainly got everything to attract players at, to, to Collingham that is for sure I think there's an awful lot to look forward to or indeed now is the sun to make an effort and uh well, there's the the opportunity i you know I, i'm not sure whether it's next year 2020 the, the the talk is that there's going to be a premier league two um so i think the top clubs in the bassett law and the um south knots this year um have an incentive to to play for as well and of premier league two of my understanding is that it can't be second 11s of existing clubs oh. in the premier league so you know it, it leaves it open um for that little bit more incentive and again if if collingham and potentially Boulderton can play well enough and get an invite into premier league two that at the same time might just um um sort of coax a few players to to join as well so it'd be interesting to see how that develops Paul, it's been absolutely fascinating. It always is when you pop in. You're going to have to pop in again and see us very soon. And um, I, I know you're going to have a busy few months coming up, but we'll we'll try and find. It's been a pleasure. A free night for you to come in. And uh, Tony's been looking forward to this night for ever since I told him a couple of weeks ago. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, one of his favourite nights. Absolutely fascinating to get somebody in the studio with the knowledge of a vice president of Nottinghamshire County Cricket Club. And go on, say it. Somebody who eats on the South Bank at London. Well, it's, it's, it's certainly he- heady company we're mixing in tonight, Michael. It most certainly is. Tomorrow <laughs> night, um, we go from the great of Mr Johnson to Strictly Mick and Tony. So you couldn't <laughs> oh, get the third really, couldn't you? You really couldn't. As we look back at the week's headlines, the week's local stories, and look forward to what's happening this coming weekend in local sports so lots for us to get a teeth into tomorrow night and we'll have a bit of a natter and no doubt we're going to have a bit of a bicker and we're also going to get um, these Irish superstars down to the final four for you lot to have a go at talking of superstars you've got one coming up next on Radio Newark it is of course the wonderful the one and the only Mr Doug Paul. Radio Newark